0: Hey there, it's T in Steinmetz, and welcome back to my podcast, You're Already Everything. As always, special shout out to my cousin, Jackson Linderman, for starting us out with that beautiful tune every time. Wherever you are currently, I hope you're having a wonderful day or night, and you're doing well. Before we just dive right into everything that we're going to talk about today, which I'm really looking forward to, I'm going to give you a little background moment because it's been a moment since I've released an episode. So if you're wondering what's going on in my personal life, I'm going to share a couple things. I am currently back in Colorado for the about one week that I have before I go back to North Carolina state in the fall, but I did go in late June out to North Carolina and started practicing and took a college class out there. And so the summer has been really really crazy for me and I've been trying to battle a lot of handling a lot of new things, so that's unfortunately stopped me from releasing a couple more episodes. But I want to clarify that I am going to carve out time in my busy fall schedule to continue making podcasting and this podcast a thing, because truly it is something that I'm really passionate about, and I'm going to personally learn how to time manage better and be able to take time for this because I have a ton of ideas, a ton of different people that I want to talk to and bring on and experiences to share. So I want to let you all know that I will be making time for this podcast because it's truly something that I care about. So to all my consistent listeners, I hope you look forward to that because I've got some great things coming, I think. Anyways... This episode is going to be really exciting, but also a little bit enraging, and you'll see why, but I have looked forward to recording this episode with specifically my long-term friend, long-term, long-time friend, Kendall Hagar. We have known each other since I was six years old, and we have really, I've really grown up under her. She's been a huge role model in my life and a reason why I am who I am today, so I'm really excited to bring her on Finally. To briefly outline everything that Kendall and I will talk about in this episode, we're going to cover, Kendall's going to cover a little bit more of our background. She's going to share about the organization that she works closely with, the Wayfaring Band. She's going to share all about the Wayfaring Band, and that will dive more into what disability is, what disability looks like, stereotypes of disabilities, ableism, what ableism is, what ableism looks like different phrases and words that maybe are common in today's language but are actually very offensive and have negative connotation and then we're going to go back and she Kendall's going to tell us how we can replace that kind of language as well as reframe our thoughts to hopefully become better, more inclusive people. We're going to talk about accessibility, what accessibility looks like. We're going to share, I'm going to share my favorite memories from my trip with the Wayfaring Band a year ago in San Diego. Kendall is going to share some of her favorite takeaways from her many, many trips with the Wayfaring Band. I would say it's kind of a mix of happy things and positive things, but also there's some things thrown in there that I hope, and I think Kendall hope, you guys are all enraged to hear about, and hopefully this sparks a little bit of a fire inside you to become a better person to look at the world a different way to open your heart a little bit more when you're putting yourself in some other people's shoes because everyone is human we're all humans seeking to be fully accepted as we are and loved and be able to be appreciated so being able to put yourself in other people's shoes See the world from a different light that's not your own is really important and hopefully this podcast episode will spark that in you and you will seek to be better, look at things differently, and also inspire others to do the same. All that being said, I want to just get straight into this because Kendall has so many great things to say and I really hope that this is a life-changing episode for you in a different way than maybe some of my other episodes are. One final thing to note, I'll have a lot of things in my the description of this episode, like where to follow Kendall and the Wayfaring Band and donate to the Wayfaring Band if you're feeling so kind. Um, and a couple other things, so be sure to check out the description below as well. And as always, you can reach out to me with any questions, comments, concerns. I always love hearing from all of you. And you're also welcome to reach out to Kendall as well with any questions on any of these things that we cover so let's get into it hi guys now I have Kendall on the air now so Kendall would you like to introduce yourself and um tell everybody a little bit how we got to know each other and why we're sitting here today yes hi friends absolutely
1: um it's really fun to be here with you Tegan, especially since we've known each other for such a long time Tegan and I were just you know, talking about our history together, and I was her swim coach, her neighborhood swim coach, and she was six years old, which was absolutely wild, um, and our friendship and relationship just kind of grew from there. Started at Homestead. Started at Homestead. The roots. Yep,
0: that's right. And then, um, so she coached me for a couple years then, and then, I don't even know when I started first working with Denver Sharks. Maybe, I want to say like sixth or seventh grade. Yeah, I think so. Because it was before high school and it was before COVID. So that puts it maybe middle school times. (laughs) Time before COVID doesn't feel real. (laughs) That's so real too. (laughs) It's very hard
1: for me to figure out the timeline before that. But yeah, I think, I mean, so the Denver Sharks is a Special Olympics swim team in Denver. And yeah, you started volunteering and, and being a coach. Um, probably I don't know six years ago, yeah, something like that. Um, which is awesome, just another way for us to stay involved yes. with swimming and for us to stay involved with each other. Yes, um, and it's been really cool to watch our relationship grow yeah. through different facets of life and through your growth from a baby child <laughs> now into um, you know someone going off to college as an adult. So very fun and exciting
0: it has and um, I got to go on this wonderful trip last year with the organization that Kendall works with which is called the Wayfaring Band so Kendall do you want to speak on the Wayfaring Band what it is the purpose the mission all of those things The floor is yours to explain that. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: So first I'm going to say that the Wayfaring Band is not a musical band of any kind. We (laughs) don't play instruments, we don't (laughs) sing songs. Well, maybe we do for fun. fun. Um, But we're not a musical band at all. Instead, I like to think of it as like a merry band of travelers. So we're a group of people who travel together. And the people that we travel with consist of uh, folks with intellectual and developmental disabilities. As well as folks without disabilities who are interested in learning how to become better allies to the disability community. So, we take our groups of travelers all over the world. Yep. And we were in San Diego about a, a year ago. ago. <laughs> I know. I,
0: was, I pulled up all the pictures um, last night. I was like, wow, like, this was just a year ago. And, That's wild. And let me just say, my life has forever changed. I think about that trip and those days and those people like, so often. And it's definitely a what's the word? Something I fall back on in a lot of hard moments because I'll get to, we'll get to this later, but that that trip has definitely changed my life. So thank you for sharing about the Wayfaring Band. Um, anything else to say about the Wayfaring Band before I get into more of the purpose of this podcast? Um,
1: not really. I mean, it's a beautiful organization that I have seen, and in my experience, everyone who joins joins the band ends up falling in love with it yeah. and falling in love with the people. So. If any of y'all who are listening are interested in the things that Tegan and I are talking about or want to learn more, give me a call and let's chat. There's there's room for everybody in the band.
0: Yes, and I will definitely be linking all of the social medias, Kindle's Amazing. information, and uh, yeah. you're going to have to hook me up with like a donation link because I'm also going to put that in there as okay, well. Okay, cool. I can do so that. So anyone thing. can donate to the band as well. Amazing. Um, but yeah. yeah, so the purpose of this episode, which I have been wanting to get out there since I started my podcast just because I feel like I'm pretty involved with the disability community Mm -hmm. and and supporting supporting them and so I wanted to talk about a lot of these things but in this episode we're going to just talk a lot about disability justice and ableism and what that looks like and kind of today's speech and a lot of like words and phrases thrown around that are really offensive and like how you can Kind of change that like internalize what's the word prejudice mm-hmm. or uh, stereotypes yeah or, or your maybe your bias
1: yes or yes just just your thought process when you think about other humans yes. i think there are different perspectives and ways to think so that you can be more inclusive yes. in your everyday practices exactly
0: so this will hopefully cover and help all of you listeners try to actively become better people and look at people in a different light like I have learned and I, I know we both can say that because I remember talking about it like last year and there's like moments where you feel like you mess up or like I feel like I mess up and obviously it's not perfect either and there's not a perfect way to be or how to handle situations mm-hmm. so but I hope like Kindle can help everyone have some tools to hopefully approach things a little bit better with a more open heart kind of thing Absolutely.
1: And you brought up a really good point, Tegan, and that when it comes to being a good person and like wanting to be the best that you can be, everybody's going to mess up. Yeah. None of us are perfect. And that's just part of being a human. And when it comes to social justice, social justice in general, or more specifically disability justice, um, there's a lot to learn. Yeah. And things are constantly changing. So... You're gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna make mistakes, even though I do this for a living. Yeah. And being able to, uh, you know, make a mistake with grace yeah. and with accountability is important. And then just continue to move forward. You know, just like in life, right? It's a pick yourself up pick off you the up. horse, or you know, whatever the whatever the saying is. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people are afraid of of doing things wrong yeah. or not knowing the right language to use yeah. or saying the wrong thing and so then people don't get involved which is the exact opposite of what the world needs yeah right the world needs you and needs you to learn and wants you to learn
0: and and so part of it is just being willing to to make mistakes to make mistakes Mm -hmm. yeah all right so i think let's shift into like what does disability mean to you what's the definition that you share um and i guess one thing i should mention before this a lot of things that we're going to talk about is covered in the curriculum that you share on the Wayfaring Grand Trips. Do you want to talk about that for a moment just before?
1: Sure, yeah. So while we're on tour, we do something that we affectionately call our curriculum, which is basically just a foundation uh, for conversations around difference, disability, inclusion, accessibility. It just sort of offers, uh, like I said, a foundation for us to start having really deep and beautiful conversations. Um, and our curriculum has been developed over years and years, and there have been many, many minds that have, um, been part of the development process. and, And that includes our bandmates with disabilities. And, um, really the purpose of it is, you know, when people go through our curriculum and come on our trip, we want them to have, better tools to manage difference in the world. How can you be a more inclusive human and and do you have the right tools
0: to build a genuine connection with someone who is different from you? Yes, beautifully said. So back to what I just said, will you start with just like the definition of disability, what that means to you, and then kind of dive into stereotypically, how does the world view that and Mm. where do we see those like barriers that we're trying to break. Sure. So disability
1: is a very wide category. Folks within the disability community can experience vastly different things. So the way that I like to think about it, the most sort of uh, accessible way to think about it is that um, a disability is just a different way that a mind and or body works and different than what is considered the norm, yeah. <clears throat> different than what is considered typical. Um, and so within the disability community, there are folks with intellectual and developmental disabilities, um, for example, Down syndrome. Yeah. There are folks uh, who are neurodivergent and might have a diagnosis of ADHD or OCD or autism. Um, there are folks with physical disabilities, folks who need to use mobility devices. Um, disability includes folks who are deaf, um, folks who are blind. Um, it also includes chronic illness. I don't think a lot of people realize that that is also considered a disability. Um, so a chronic illness could be something like long COVID,
0: um,
1: or, you know, maybe someone who's in chronic pain. And then there are also things, um... Uh, people with disabilities who have a hard time with envir- certain environmental things, like perfumes. You know, yeah. if you're walking past someone in the mall and and or you walk past those kiosks yeah, or yeah. whatever where they try to spray, spray you, yeah. yeah, that can actually be really harmful to certain folks with disabilities because they might have like a full certain on reaction. allergic reaction or their their body might flare up or something like that. So, you know, when speaking about disability. It's just important to remember that that is so very many different experiences and that you might not always notice
0: yeah.
1: a disability, right? You might not visually see it. You might not hear it if someone is using verbal communication, Um and so, you know, just in general in the world, but but if we're speaking specifically about disabilities, just be kind to everyone because you have no idea what it is that they're managing or dealing with or, you know, have going on in their body or their mind.
0: Yeah, and I remember maybe it was on the trip or at some point you made some comment of people don't realize that they can so easily be, like, become part of the disability community and so, like, mm-hmm to have such a like, you know, awful view on some of them um when people can so easily become, you know, disabled, have an injury, have a car crash and I can't even remember the other list of things that you were saying just goes to show like it really does it's such a broad spectrum okay. and so it's difficult to difficult to like i don't want to say discriminate but have like views on some some individuals versus mm-hmm. others when mm-hmm they don't realize how like quickly they can also be impacted by mm-hmm. that. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I think it goes, it goes like that kind of goes right into ableism, right? Yeah. So ableism is the discrimination and the social oppression um, of people with disabilities. And basically, you know, there is an idea in our society that there is a right way for a body and mind to work. Yes. And then there's the wrong way for a body and mind to work. Um, but at any time, like you're saying, in our lifetimes, our bodies might start to work differently yeah. or our minds might start to look, work differently than they did yesterday. It could be because we're aging. It could be, like you said, because of an accident mm-hmm. or a sickness. Um, and so, I mean, I personally believe that everybody should care about disability yeah. justice for a lot of different reasons, yeah. but also because you never know what yeah. will happen tomorrow mm-hmm. yeah. or to your loved ones. and. Um, you know, making things accessible for one person will make it accessible for, for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Um, I loved, I was flipping through like the curriculum book and there was like the image of like the stairs and the, mm-hmm. the ramp and like why why shovel only the stairs when you can shovel the ramp and like then it becomes accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. So that kind of view on approaching accessibility in the sense that it will help everyone in the long run, and not, not just the select few. But, um. Exactly. So now, Kendall, will you talk about some common like speeches and phrases, words that are used, um, maybe by people that don't even intend to be speaking in a in a bad way about the disabled community, and like they maybe they don't realize what it means or like how. Um, Degrading, maybe some of these terms are. Will you share some of those common, common phrases that you you hear a lot, and how you can maybe change those those types of phrases? Absolutely. So I think it's important to recognize
1: or acknowledge when we're talking about language when it comes to disability justice. Language is always evolving, yes. and it will always change. Like what we think is um, the right language and the right verbiage right now will probably not be what is accepted by the disability community in 25 years. And that's true across the board all the time. As humans, our language evolves. We find new words, words get new meanings, all those things. So, um, you know, one of uh, the main example I can think of is that for a long time, the term special needs has been used to describe folks with disabilities, and particularly folks with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, And that term has become harmful in perpetuating this idea that people with disabilities are fragile and meek, and that their, needs are are so special so unique that they have to be in another category when in reality all of us as humans need help we all have needs they're just different they just look different and so no one's needs are special or specialized um the other thing that the term special needs does is it infantilizes people with disabilities and so you know a lot of people might speak to an adult with Down syndrome, let's say, as if they're a child. Their voice might get a little higher, they might say things like, hey buddy, or they're like, you know, do the head tilt. Yeah. Um, And the term special needs has a very infantilizing sort of childish connotation to it. Yes. um, When adults are adults, regardless of what their experience with disability is. Um, So the term special needs Has been um, you know has not been used in the disability justice circles a lot recently like that has sort of moved its way out It's still commonly used Schools schools use it all the time. I mean if you think of special education um, You know, there are a lot of uh, you know special needs
0: around Yeah,
1: exactly. So, you know, it might take a while for that for that term to evolve Yeah. Um, but I think what's important is, you know, once you learn that a specific phrase or language has a harmful effect, yeah. or once you understand what it does, then it's important to find new Another. language.
0: So what would be, or what are more acceptable terms instead of saying, oh, this person has special needs or special needs classroom, like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. what are what are terms that can replace that?
1: Sure. So right now, the big thing in the disability community is being okay with saying the word, word "disabled," uh-huh. having a disability, being disabled is not a bad thing, yeah. and people are um, tired of sort of skirting around the word, the word right? Yeah. Like, oh, you're you're not disabled; you're differently abled, yeah. or um, your abilities are are so special. And I mean, you know, yeah. I don't know. There's so many of them. So just saying the word "disabled" is. Um, is, is say, what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. So let's say it like it is. Um, and then, you know, when you're speaking to a human or trying to uh, understand one individual person's identity, the best approach is to always ask because everyone's going to identify differently. Yes. Even though a large majority of the disability community wants to use the word disabled, that doesn't mean that everybody with a disability wants that. Yeah. Right? Everybody gets to choose the language that they want to use when it comes to their identity. So, always best practice to ask. Now, is it appropriate to just walk up to somebody with a disability that you don't know and say, "Hey, how do you identify with your disability? Ugh. Like what words do you use?" That's not appropriate. That can that's very disrespectful. Yeah. But if you're having a conversation with someone or one of your friends is talking about their disability, you can ask questions like, you know, "What words would you like me to use?" and things like that and just be willing you know to to listen and Mm. then remember that some people like different language
0: and be respectful Mm -hmm. of how they'd like to be referred to and Mm. love that so definitely the respect there and and I think part of the thing is people are also afraid to ask sometimes Mm. you know because you don't want to offend anyone so I think that comes the fear too but then it goes back to the it's better to ask you know make mistakes maybe like Mm -hmm. have an uncomfortable or what seems uncomfortable to you conversation versus refer to it in a way that they deem res- disrespectful or don't want to be referred to. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Um, I guess for a moment, will you just talk about the Wayfaring Band and, cause you mentioned like the adult, um, how people like talk down on adults with disabilities and like will talk like their children and all of that. And, how the Band kind of let like combats that, and I mean, I can speak in my experience of, um, you letting everyone on that trip, on like any trip, they have very adult responsibilities, and you let them, like, you're not, it's not, you're not babysitting them, like any of those kind of things. Like, will you speak on how that kind of debunks treating adults with more respect?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're really intentional about what we do on the road, meaning the activities that we do, the places that we go. Um, So we'll go to concerts or bars. A a big place historically that the band has gone is biker bars. We actually find them to be very inclusive, (laughs) which is fun. Um, You know, we want to to show the world, just by our group existing, that people with disabilities are adults who get to do what they want, yeah, and have the freedom to make their own choices, um, and so you know we've gotten sometimes we're out at a restaurant and and one of my bandmates with a disability orders a beer and then a waiter might look at me and say yeah. is that okay and I'm like
0: yes. yeah
1: I didn't that person's ordering yeah. I, you know um, and I think that for the most part. When we're out in the world, I think people kind of see it as exciting, and yeah. they're like, "Oh my God, that's awesome a A group of people with disabilities is is going on a sailboat for a week in the Bahamas yeah. or they're, you know gonna go do this super wild adventure or go backpacking up a mountain yeah. and, and that's that's so rad and cool, and like that's part of an adult experience, yeah, we obviously run into some folks who are who are not very kind or who are. Infantilizing, and, yes. and we'll do the you know hands on the knees. Hi, yeah, how yeah. are you? Um, but then you know when those things happen, our group calls it out and yeah. we talk about it. And and that's something that I'm sure we did in San Diego. Was yeah. Like if somebody has a an uncomfortable experience, then we'll talk about it as a group, and we'll talk about what does that feel like, what do we wish was different, how can neurotypical People support people with disabilities. Yeah. Like, what what can we do? And the the term neurotypical just means that someone's brain is um, developing as it typically would. Like, yeah. if we look at the bell curve of you know how the development. cognitive development, yeah. it's the typical, it's the middle. So that's that term. That's what that means. Yeah.
0: Um. I guess I can just flow right into the to the next topic of. What can um, neurotypical do? People do to support mm. people with disabilities, or if they see something and don't know how to like approach certain situations, like what is the most respectful way to like approach some of these people? Mm-hmm.
1: Good question. I think a good place to start is by learning, yeah. listening, and learning. I think a lot of times folks jump in, yeah. um, thinking that they know how to do something or thinking that they know how to support someone instead of just asking. Hey, can I give you some help right now? Or would you like my help before just helping someone? Uh, Sometimes people want your help, sometimes people don't. Sometimes, you know, someone might be uh, taking their cup from the coffee shop, you know, and using their elbows to carry it to the table and mm-hmm. that's typical for them and they maybe don't need your help.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so asking is always a good thing. I think learning about disability and disability justice is really important because the more you learn about what disability entails, um, the kinds of barriers that people with disabilities face, the more knowledge you're going to have and yeah. you're going to start to see it everywhere and be able to you know, call out moments of inaccessibility. So I think that's really important. Um, I think investing in people with disabilities is important. If you're an employer, hire someone with a disability. If you, you know, are in school, make friends with folks with disabilities. Include them in your life because they are brilliant. And, you know, every human is important. Every human being has a vital, valuable essence. And people with disabilities are not discluded from that. So, you know, involve them in your life, um, and I, like I said, I think learning is is the biggest part. Because in my experience, once you start to learn, yeah. you're gonna like go all the way down the water yeah. slide of learning, and yeah. you'll never you'll never get out.
0: That's that's kind of how I feel. I mean, <clears throat> I I have worked I worked with the Denver Sharks for many years, but still never knew that kind of side until I went on the trip with the Wayfaring Band, and we mm-hmm. spoke about. The history of like disability and like the the acts like I don't know if you have any any of the history timeline events that like really stick out to you as like important but I just remember you also saying like the disability group is always put last and counted out of the conversation last and so we make improvements and like racial racial justice like it seems improved like there's so much talk around all these other oppressions and um, All of that, but then the disability community is always left out. Do you want to speak on anything about that? Sure, yeah. I mean, I think it's important to recognize that
1: all of the isms, all of the systems of oppression, are actually all very much intertwined. Yeah. And, um, but the disability community has always had a hard time um, finding space for people to listen now I think within the last five years so it's changed I think that people are starting to really realize that there's a lot that we need to do as a society to be better to each other um but it's great (laughs) (laughs) yep thank goodness um but you know you were speaking about the timeline an example I can give is that um in 1996 Uh okay so that was within my lifetime yeah Um, the first person with an intellectual and developmental disability was given an organ transplant. So up until 1996, no organ transplants were given to people with disabilities because their lives were not deemed as valuable or worth saving. And I think when you have those uh, tags of of historical knowledge and that it's not actually, that wasn't that long ago, it's much easier to understand... How much work we all have to do to be better to disabled folks, and like really, how messed up the system is, and how harmful it has been. Um, you know, the for life so long. for so long. The life expectancy of people with Down syndrome has increased mm-hmm. recently, which is awesome. Yeah, we love that. But it has increased solely because people with Down syndrome have been able to receive care, medical okay. care that they need, whether it be surgeries, transplants. Things
0: like that. And I guess I wouldn't have known anything different because I feel like in my lifetime, I've I've known people, you know, like it's common for people with Down syndrome, like have heart mm-hmm. like transplants and um, surgeries. So I feel like I like learning about that. And that was just before I was alive and being able to hear about the history and how like late things have developed, become law, become the norm of today is just Kind of eye-opening to think about and how like long those people lived in those conditions mm-hmm. and without the support from like the government and the general public too. Right. You talked about you know educating yourself, learning. Where can people go? Like, what are where can you learn about these types of things? And then also you speak on maybe the most general or popular disability barrier that people deal mm-hmm. with that. I mean, people can go on and read about all of them and like do their own research, but like, what's what is the most common disability barrier that maybe goes unlooked or people might see the most, just like in daily world? Mm,
1: okay. Um, what was your first question? Where can people, Where can people go? People learn? Yeah. Okay. There are so many places that folks can go to learn. One of them being on a trip with a wayfaring band. Some, I think, you know, a, a great way to learn is to follow disabled content creators. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who is on Instagram or TikTok, follow folks with disabilities and follow people with a lot of different experiences. Yeah. Um, and learning straight from someone with a disability who wants to educate with yes. their platform is a great place to start. Um, I really like uh, Sins Invalid. Okay. Uh, look them up. They're, they're very radical, and I've learned a lot from them over the years. Um, you can you know, get books. There are, there are podcasts. There are so very many respected disability advocates, um, and that's a good place to start trying to figure out which is like the most common or the most yeah. harmful barrier is really hard yeah. because there are so very many. Um, so one thing that I don't think a lot of people know is that there is a, like a financial limit. There's an income gap or not gap, excuse me, limit uh, for folks with intellectual and developmental disabilities in Colorado. So people with disabilities, um cannot have if they are receiving i was so
0: excited to talk about this too really i'm glad you brought this up okay yes
1: Keep going. <laughs> good okay so folks who receive support from the government um okay. through what's called a, a disability waiver meaning that they get support uh for someone to come in their home and and yeah. help them with grocery shopping or cleaning the house or maybe a a counselor to help them manage doctor's appointments yeah. or you know who have transportation needs or who need caregivers in their homes all the time. So if they get that kind of support, they cannot have more than $2,000 to their name at any time, or they will lose their, their benefits. They will lose their housing. They can lose the support that they get. And it keeps people stuck. Yeah. It doesn't allow for people any any space for growth or movement. You know, if you think about any anything that people want in life, it's expensive. Yeah. You want a car? That's expensive. You want to buy a house? That's expensive. You want to buy a new computer or a new phone? That's, That's expensive. really expensive. Um, rent is expensive. Food is expensive. And so, you know, if you think about, you know, a lot of neurotypical people may not have the experience or may not even be able to imagine what it's like to live on $2,000 only and only have $2,000. So like, you know, for example, let's say, um, I've, I have $1,800 to my name and I know I'm going to get paid $400 tomorrow. Uh So I have to go today and spend $200, even if there's nothing that I want, it's called spend down. Yeah. So people have to spend down. So it, it, the money ends up getting used on things that maybe people don't need or want yeah. just to keep, the, you know, below the line. And it's infuriating. Yeah, that, um, and like I said, it just keeps people stuck. It doesn't allow for growth. And it just perpetuates the idea that people with disabilities cannot do things or cannot want things. Or, uh-huh.
0: I, um, yeah, I mean, I remember the first time of me learning about that, I think... Can't even remember who it was. I was at the State Games mm. and we were running around It was it like, Jonathan? I can't even remember who it was, <laughs> trying to buy things because mm. it was like the end of the month or whatever and it's like they check monthly or mm-hmm. I don't know how quite how it works. And I was like, Isn't it part of a freedom to like be financially free and like mm. you make the money, you spend it how you want, you save you can save that money. Like I mean my dad and I talk about all this all the time, is like being financially free is such a, a right and something that people want, and so mm-hmm. just, like, taking that away is, I don't know, it's just, like, that's enraging to me, and that, mm-hmm. like, makes me furious, because how do you even, like, how do you even change that? What do, what what do people need to do so that it's not like that, or is that just mm-hmm. kind of a set thing that, like, by the government, that's going to be untouchable?
1: Mm. I don't, I mean, I don't think that anything is untouchable. I think that, I think that when it comes to big change, particularly big policy change, a lot of people feel like they as an individual don't matter. When in reality, that's like the exact opposite of how we want you to feel. Like everyone does have power and you have the power to vote and make changes if you want to. The, The biggest thing I think that we can do is continue to have conversations about this. Because the more people that know that this is a problem, the more people that feel frustrated by this, then that's when things start to roll yeah. and things start to change. So enough people have to understand what the systemic barriers are yeah. in order for them to be changed. Enough people have to care.
0: Yes. Which is
1: true for any Anything. any policy change. Um, but enough people have to
0: care. Well, so please care. Yeah. <laughs> please. Hopefully. Yeah, I just the the more the more you learn, the more like Enraging things mm-hmm. there are to learn about and hopefully that sparks more conversation and more people to want mm-hmm. to do something about it mm-hmm. because especially when you're an adult and And you're going to like make money like don't you have a right to Just like any other adult do what you want with The things that you do in your life like mm-hmm. it's so frustrating for me to wrap mm-hmm. my head around but it's it's
1: yeah, there are a lot of um, there are a lot of things like that. A lot of barriers like that. Uh, folks with disabilities, you know, would have a hard time getting married. Yeah. Because if two people are on disability waivers, if they get married, then it's a, a you know they're connected as in partnership or whatever the actual term is. Yes. And then they get less money, so they would lose benefits too. So <sighs> people with disabilities can't. Get married because they don't want to lose because they don't want to lose their sense. benefits. Yeah, because they need those things. Yeah, and it's okay to, to need, need help. It yeah. is okay to need things. It doesn't make you unable to do other things. It just means that you require a system of support, which again we all need. Yeah. and I think we have this really um, uh, inaccurate mm-hmm. idea in our society that everybody should operate as an individual and it's like you know it's just the individual who matters and you got this and you go for it and like you don't need anything and pretend like you don't need help and if you don't know the answer like just pretend but it's like that's not real life that's not actually real life and that I think puts a lot of anxiety on a lot of people yeah. and a lot of pressure that's not necessary yeah when if we flip the script and and we are all brave enough to allow ourselves to be vulnerable to say hey i need some support right now and this is what i need help with i guarantee you people will say oh i can help you with that yeah or they'll say i don't know how to help you let me connect you to my friend or to somebody else um but it takes a lot for people to admit that they need support but we all do that's true we all do.
0: And if we all help each other, like, that's how you grow. You that's think about right. a team, the mm-hmm. band, you know, mm-hmm. the, all better together.
1: Yeah, we're all in this together, honestly. Yeah. You know, the world is a big, beautiful, terrifying place. And going it alone sounds absolutely dreadful. Awful. So.
0: That's why we have each other. That's why we have each other. <laughs> um, I guess we can transition into kind of the last takeaways which, I just wanted to talk about more of the Waking Faring Band, and um, your biggest takeaways from the band, what mm. what have been the biggest lessons that you have learned, if you want to share like a, a certain story that really changed your perspective on life, or people, or how you view the world. Um, if you have any of those things to share. That's a big question. <laughs> if you need... I, That's a I big can, question.
1: Okay. I mean... Being a part of the band has taught me so very many things over the years. And I think if you ask me tomorrow, my answer would be different, different, you know, than if you asked me last week. But um, one of the things that I I personally have felt in the band is true and genuine acceptance of who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, I have ADHD, so I am neurodivergent. And when I was growing up, I always... Could tell that I was different. I always yeah. knew my brain worked differently, but back then nobody really would talk about it. Um, and you know, I struggled with being too much, and my my talking too much, and uh-huh. my body moving too much. Um, am I thinking too quickly or talking too quickly or, you know, all these different things. And then when I got into the band, I felt like I could breathe. Uh Like I didn't have to worry about whether or not I was talking fast because people just love me and accept me for what is. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think that's like, you know, in my heart as a human, that's the biggest takeaway is just true acceptance, which is such a beautiful thing. And everyone you know, deserves the right you know to feel like they belong. Yeah. Um, and then it's taught me, you know, little lessons. Like I learned how to surrender mm-hmm. to things that are not in my control, which yeah. I, you know, still work on. Yes. But I think about that on a daily basis of like, what can mm-hmm. I, what can Kendall control right now? Mm-hmm. And what can I not control? And, and what do I have to let go of so that I can, you know, focus on, doing the best I can right now. So I learned that a lot, you know, in, in daily life with the band. Um, one of my favorite stories to tell, so we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. that the term special needs is harmful. Yes. So from that, we developed something called Gifts and Needs, which is an activity yep. that we do on the road with the band that just solidifies the idea that everyone has gifts and everyone has needs and we very intentionally don't use the terms strengths and weaknesses it's a similar concept but different language so like we were talking about earlier shifting language because sometimes words have meaning that we don't know so the term strength you know you think about physical strength like what your body can do but not all bodies have the same kind of physical strength so right there in itself that can be ableist it also comes with like an immense pressure to be better, to do better, to, to climb up the ladder, to like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just like, what do you need to do to get your strength? And then weakness comes with like a a really intense connotation of, of lacking that something is wrong with you. Like where are your weak spots? You're fragile. Again, that also comes with, you know, the connotation of like a a physical body, like Mm -hmm. your physical body doesn't have strength. So it's the opposite of that. It's weak. Um, we don't like that term for a lot of ways, but because no one is broken.
0: Yeah,
1: There is nothing wrong with us as humans. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with me. We're just people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the idea that we um, so frequently consider our needs as things that are wrong weak. with us or that make us weak is not helping any of us. So instead, we shift it to gifts and needs. Gifts come innately to us it is a thing that you just feel genuinely and the great thing about gifts is that you can share them so your gifts are not just for you Mm -hmm. they're for the people around you and needs we all have needs Mm -hmm. we all need to drink water we all need sleep um and if we think about it that way it becomes much more human focused and inclusive mm-hmm. instead of feeling like something is wrong with yeah, us and positive just mm-hmm.
0: like hit, it on, hit the nail on the head there
1: <laughs> I want to talk about that as well okay. So. um okay but so we were on a trip I don't know maybe two years ago and we do this activity every trip. So yeah. everyone identifies their own personal gifts and their own needs, and then we talk about it. Yeah. Because once you can communicate your needs to other people, then they know how to support you. Yeah. And once you communicate your gifts to other people, then they know what to look to you for. Yeah. You know That allows opportunity for you to shine in the ways that you can uh-huh. and, and want to. So I was sharing with the group that one of my needs is hope. Like, I don't wake up in the morning full of hope and optimism. Yeah. That's just not something that I have. Uh-huh. And one of my bandmates stood up and was like, well, Kendall, your hope is right here. Your hope is in this room.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It's these people who want to have these conversations about being better.
0: Yeah.
1: He's like, the world is really big and it's really scary, but like this room, this could be hope. your hope. And I think about that all the time. It makes me cry all the time. <laughs> I just think it's so beautiful. But like, you know, had I not been vulnerable enough to say to I, need, I need some help, I need to find some hope and some optimism, there would have been no space for people to fill that for me.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think another thing that I've learned is to just be vulnerable, vulnerable. Sure. and share what I need. And in my experience, when one person shares what they need – more people start to feel more comfortable to do that and then once you do you can build a really beautiful network of mutual aid where everybody's valued and everybody's getting what they need and, and getting their you know needs met which is what we all want
0: yeah beautiful oh um i guess i can kind of share some of my please my i would love to favorite, hear Exciting. Um, experiences and my biggest takeaways from the band but very much like similar to you um, just the ability like the acceptance mm-hmm. I've never I've never experienced anything like the band before and like being in those in that living room like all together talking and sharing um, it's like so different because there is like such a societal standard especially like for neurotypical people and like you talk about strength like always doing the next best thing like climbing up like what are you not like you always gotta you're always be doing something and always mm-hmm. gotta be improving yourself, doing something better, etc. And the week in San Diego taught me that you, that's not what life is about mm. in a sense. And I remember um, the whole gin kayaking and like wanting to go on the waves, not being able to go out on the waves with us and how she didn't view that as anything less than us getting to experience the kayaking trip while she like, had a great time on the beach it, like, rewired my brain and how I think of, like, success Mm. and the value of life. Like, the value of life is not always doing the next best thing or doing what everyone else is doing. Um, It can be as small as, okay, I was Jin and I tried to get over the waves, but that was too much for me, so I, like, it... I want to say... I I honestly want to say missed out on that, but Jin in no way felt like she missed out because, Mm -hmm. like those small steps and like those small moments are what makes like life life Mm -hmm. and enjoyable and so that like shifted my perspective and I'm not I shouldn't always be I mean it's great to have goals and like want to be achieving things but that's not the whole purpose and the purpose is the journey sometimes Mm -hmm. and like those small moments of vulnerability and being able to accept that maybe like that's not the path for you or that's not something that you participate in and like that's doesn't make it bad or wrong or left out of anything like we all if you just like take a step back and enjoy all those little moments and they might not lead you where you think you're going like that was probably my biggest my biggest takeaway from that trip mm. um and it's definitely reframed my view on like failure and mm. that's carried with me in like sports too because you know obviously I'm going to swim in college and there's been so much there's a lot of pressure always totally sports, especially, so much and I had also had a really hard year that past year in, in swimming. And so that, like, really reframed me going to, like, my senior year of how how I would deem that year successful. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't look like a result at the end. Like, it looked like connections with people, enjoying the journey, all of those things. So I'm really grateful for that trip. Um, what else? But, yeah, back to the whole acceptance thing. It's so... It was really not like nothing I had ever experienced and it's hard to get to that like kind of relationship with people because I think we all kind of you have to you have to show yourself as strong worthy all the time and it's like hard to break down that barrier sometimes of like we are humans and we need help and we have bad feelings and like mm-hmm. dark thoughts and all of those things like you mentioned the hope like it is hard to sometimes wake up in this world it's big it's scary there's a lot of bad and it's hard to have hope some of those days and I know I struggle with that myself so the acceptance of like being able to share all of those thoughts and not only not feel judged but people relate and can bring their gifts forward to help you out is also something that I think about a lot and just like there's so many big scary thoughts in the world but being able to bring it down to the people around you like that small group like this is this is your hope right here. Like it doesn't have to be anything more than that. It can be small and simple. That is also my biggest takeaways I would say. So, yeah. Beautifully said. That was, that was a lot of talking right there. Like trying to, so <laughs> much to think about looking
1: back, but. It um, is a lot to think about. The, the trips are a lot, a lot. for everyone. Yeah. You know, if you, you know, the idea of traveling with 16 people <laughs> that you may or may not know on a trip anywhere for a week where you're together all all the time time. (laughs) and doing really, really fun things and having beautiful, intense conversations. It's a lot people. There is, there is a growth that happens there. Yeah,
0: for sure. And I think one thing it's like, I mean, obviously you touched on the hope thing, but it's not always perfect. And Mm -hmm. I just remember even going to bed some of those nights, just like feeling like gutted a little bit, just Mm -hmm. of the conversations we had. So But that also teaches you, like, there's so much more room to grow and, like, it really inspired me to obviously be a better person, have tough conversations, like, be the one to always speak up if someone uses a term that's not okay to use and, like, be that change a little bit, seek out where it can be helpful or not helpful, use my gifts, and, like, also, I guess my biggest goal sometimes in life is to be that person where anyone can feel comfortable coming to me and like breaking down that barrier like I'm not going to judge you for whatever you're going to say or tell me what you need because I want to be here to help you and if I can't help you like you said get someone that can or figure out at least have that conversation mm-hmm. so I think that really brought that out in me as well as a gift um that I want to like be that person and see the good try and be the good try and be the person that can break down different hard conversations and and spread that for everyone else. So mm-hmm. we can hopefully all move to continue to be more progressive and and have bigger changes in the world. So mm-hmm. anything you what's your biggest gift that has been brought out from the Wayfaring Band? Good question. Like something you didn't maybe see in yourself or think that was really like such a gift that maybe someone else mm-hmm. or the band brought out in you.
1: Okay, so I was speaking to this a little bit earlier, but as I was growing up, I had a lot of uh, fear and anxiety about being too much. Yeah. Right? I have my brain works really quickly, my body likes to move, I like to be silly, goofy. (laughs) And I always thought that that was a bad thing. Yeah. Because in school, it was seen as a bad thing, right? Like, Kendall, stop talking, Kendall, sit still, you know, all these things. And what I've realized actually is that that part of myself is a gift. And so whenever we do the activity, I always circle play is Uh one of my gifts. I play hard. I (laughs) want to joke around. I want to be silly, goofy. I love that like (laughs) playful space. And the band has taught me that's actually a gift of mine. It is not something that I need to, to dampen or hide or be ashamed of. Um, so that I find very special. And I'm like, mm-hmm. girl, you're so silly. <laughs> we love that about you.
0: <laughs> I love that, too, because especially as a girl up and you're, like, you're expected to be this adult that, like, doesn't no, do that. And I'm I want like, to be, like, four years old, like, <laughs> four years old, like mm-hmm. at heart all of my life. You the know? whole like, time.
1: That, I think that's a silly idea that we have in society that you have to, quote-unquote, grow, grow up, up and leave silliness behind. Yes. No, no, no. Be silly. Be if you're <laughs> silly, be silly. If you're not, then don't, right? <laughs> don't be someone who you're not because being not silly is is a beautiful gift also. Uh-huh. But,
0: yeah, not something to hide. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we've really covered a lot. Any Anything yeah. else that you want to share or I guess any... For people wanting to get involved, you know, maybe Special Olympics, maybe other things, like what are, I don't say day to day, but on a smaller scale, if you want to start getting involved with the disability community or like what can you do starting small? Like give people some options.
1: Uh, There are lots of organizations that you can support financially or with your time. Mm -hmm. Um, Some organizations that that we work really closely with are Guided by Humanity. They do accessible yoga for all Mm -hmm. bodies. Um, Access Gallery, they support local artists with disabilities. Um, There is Brewability in Denver. There is, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking, TACT, Revel, uh, Easter Seals, Special Olympics. Yep. Forgive me, disability friends, for all of you that I'm forgetting. But there are so so many organizations that are supporting people with disabilities in very different ways. Yeah. Um, right. So you know, if you're an artist and you find that really fascinating, maybe go check out Access Gallery. If you like um, sports, sports. Like- go to Special Olympics. There are there are so many different ways that you can support again financially or with your time. Um, and then the other way to get involved, I think, is just to continue your learning. Start mm-hmm. to notice, you know, where are accessible signs is, is, uh, you know, the button to push to get into a building, the accessible accessible button, is that broken? What might that be like For as seven, a disabled person yeah. if that button is broken? Um, if there is a scooter left in the middle of the sidewalk, what might that be like for someone who uses a wheelchair who goes mm. up to that and can't doesn't have room to to go, to go around it? What might it be like for someone who has a sensitivity to strobe lights to go into a theater when there was not a posted warning of a strobe light and there's a strobe light in the movie. Like yeah. if you start to think about someone else's experience and what might some, what something when might something be like? Choose. Exactly. Oh. Um, and I think that it's important to start to notice those things because once you do, you'll start to you'll notice see. a lot of disparities. You know yes. how how tall is the soap dispenser? Is you know ever is the elevator broken? Yeah. Is um. Gosh, I don't know what else. There's so many examples, but I think just starting to think about those things and notice those things and you know is there a curb cut? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people think that curb cuts are only helpful for folks who use wheelchairs, yeah. but that's not true. It could yeah. be someone who has an injury and yeah. maybe is on crutches. It could be uh, a parent who's pushing a stroller. Yeah. It could be someone who has a lot of gear and they're like tugging <laughs> their stuff behind Driving, them. Yeah. You know, accessibility helps everyone. Yeah, The point of accessibility is not to exclude anyone. It is to make it easier for all people to have access. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to remember, too.
0: That was great. Did I answer your question? That was amazing. Like, that was a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's really... We've covered it, covered it all. We so have covered it all. That was really a really meaningful conversation. I'm glad... I'm really excited to share this with my podcast listeners and the world, whoever ends up listening to this, because mm. it's such important conversation to have. And um, I guess one other thing is to this was not supposed to you know call anyone out or kind of thing like hopefully people listening can like take that moment of reflection Mm -hmm. on themselves like how do I view the world how do I talk about other people is it in a bad way like Mm -hmm. and start to reflect on how they can be better people and that's I guess what it's all about is how can you be a better person be more inclusive be more loving towards all humans in the world. Absolutely.
1: And you're such a great example of that, (laughs) Egan. I mean, knowing you when you were a tiny baby child (laughs) to now and seeing your growth and seeing your interest in learning how to be a better human Mm -hmm. and, you know, watching you go down a path and then being like, okay, maybe that's not the right one. Let me try this one. And, like, that's what it's all about. So I think you're a beautiful example of that, and I'm really grateful that you – um, are using a platform to try to, you know, give people the knowledge that you yeah. have learned or learn new things. I just think it's so awesome. and Thank you. I love you and I'm with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kendall. I love you too. and um, It's been great all these years. And I wouldn't be the person that I am if it wasn't for you. So, In like a hundred different ways because we've been on so many journeys Yeah, So many so. journeys
1: <laughs> and many more to and come. And many more to
0: come. So, yeah, I'm going to have to get back... In a few years, when I'm done and I can travel, I'll be back. I'll be Good. back in Thanks, okay. Tegan. Of course. Thank you, Kendall. Thank you all for listening to Kendall and I today speak on all about disability, ableism, and opening your heart to become a better, more inclusive person in this huge, scary world. So I really hope this episode motivated you to... Look at life from a different view, look at people from a different view, and I hope you can spread the love and encourage others to spread the love as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode, and remember you're already everything, and I look forward to sharing my next episode with you.